Everything I know about prayer, if you haven't ever heard of this book, it's called The Believer's School of Prayer. It's written by a guy named Andrew Murray who was, I don't know if he was a missionary to South Africa or if he was South African himself, but he wrote a bunch of books toward the end of 1880s, 1890s, and the stuff that he wrote would absolutely blow your mind because it is absolutely what we teach here. It's reading on the pages of this book is, it's like hearing Dad preach. Just the unity with the Spirit, the necessity to hear the Spirit, the necessity to set our eyes on the Father, and the, the requirement of obedience. It's just pretty amazing. And his insights into prayer have taught me everything I know, really, about how to exist with the Lord in a prayerful life. And um, I'm going to... Reduce it all into one sentence, and then share with you about the, that sentence. It's pray believing, and believe what you pray. It's pretty simple. That's everything I know about prayer, so if you want to get up and walk out now, you can. Our text this evening is going to be out of Mark chapter 11, and we'll start in verse 20, and I'm just going to... In the morning, when they were passing along, they noticed that the fig tree was withered completely, away to its roots. And Peter remembered and said to him, Master, look, the fig tree which you doomed has withered away. And Jesus replying said to them, Have faith in God constantly. Truly I tell you, whoever says to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt at all in his heart, but believes that what he says will take place, it will be done for him. For this reason I am telling you, whatever you ask For in prayer, believe, trust, and be confident that it is granted you, and you will get it. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him and let it drop. Leave it and let it go, in order that your Father who is in heaven may also forgive you your own failings and shortcomings, and let them drop as well. Let's start with pray believing. A lot of times we approach prayer as kind of a, a wish that we're shooting up to heaven, right? Lord, please help me. Or, if you do this, then I'll do that. These kind of men in a foxhole kind of prayers. Save me and I'll give my life to you. These kind of prayers that maybe we don't really mean and don't really have a whole lot of confidence in. I'll just give you an example and show you kind of a, a difference in what pray-believing means. We spend a lot of our time praying for provision. Lord, I need this bill paid. Please pay it. I hope you pay it. I need you to pay it. Praying from this place of anxiety, and I need you to take care of me. I need you to do this. Forgetting that in Matthew chapter 6, he says, Look at the trees. Look at the lilies of the field. I water them. I take care of them. I feed them and give them everything that they need. Look at the birds. I feed the birds, I give them a nest, I give them a place to live. How much more will I provide for you? How much more will I take care of you? Believing prayer sounds different when we're praying for provision. Father, you have promised that you would take care of me. I stand on that promise, and I declare it over my family and over my life in the name of Jesus. I believe that you will bring it and manifest it in its its perfect time that you will release it to your glory. That's a very different prayer. 
that's the difference of praying, believing. Praying, believing stands in the confidence of God and declares what we know to be true. I'll re- I want to read you an uh, excerpt from this book uh, that kind of talks about that. The tendency of human reason is to interpose or um, place within our prayers certain qualifying clauses, if you can or if it's according to your will, to break the force of a statement which appears dangerous or a statement that would put us out on a limb. Beware of dealing this way with the Master's words. His promises, and His promise is literally true. He wants His often repeated all things to penetrate our hearts and reveal how mighty the power of faith is and how holy our Father shares His power and places it at the disposal of the child who wholly trusts Him. Faith is to have its food and strength in this all things. If we weaken this, we weaken faith. I'll give you an example of kind of walking out that prayer believing. Uh, last Wednesday night, before Carrie and I left to go back to Lubbock, we were talking about how Parker and Sarah still didn't have a place to live. We were discussing it and kind of discussing how tired Dad was and how that was a stress on him, that that, that still wasn't resolved and he was about to go to Austin and didn't know when he was going to go to Austin, so he was kind of in this place of tiredness. And So Carrie and I were on the way home and said, well, let's just take care of this. Let's just take care of these couple of situations that are kind of weighing on him. So we prayed over Parker, Parker and Sarah and the place to live. And as we finished praying, just praying confidently that the Lord would bring the place in his perfectly appointed time and that it would be to his glory, Carrie was saying, you know, I just believe that the Lord is asking to see their faith, just asking to see their faith in what he's calling them to do. And I just said, yeah, that's true. How many wonderful testimonies do we hear that says, we didn't have a place to live, we didn't have anything, but we knew that God called us, so we went. That's usually the start of a pretty great testimony. You know something glorious is about to follow that. So I didn't have Parker's number, but just felt like I had to get Parker's number from Dad. So I had Carrie text him while we were driving and got the number, and I called Parker, and I said, listen, God is wanting to see your faith. Just told him what Carrie said. He's wanting to know that the call is enough. He's wanting to know that whether you've got all the questions answered or not, that the call is enough for you. And he said, okay, thanks. And I got a text the next day. Hey, I know you know this, but God is so good. After that phone call last night, Sarah and I just sat and reflected on the call being enough and made it true in our hearts, that it truly is all we need, that to just be called is more than enough, and wouldn't you know it, that now we have a place to live in Leveland. So cool when you allow the process to happen. The blessing that awaits on the other side is so good. But just wanted to let you know. Thank you guys again for your prayers and can't wait to be there with you. Be blessed. I could have very, very easily called Parker that night and said, if it's God's will, you'll have a place. You know, Put all of these qualifying statements that we like to put in when we're speaking in faith and when we're praying, <coughs> kind of covering our bases. Then in case it doesn't happen, then, then we're all right. We can hide it you know, in the sovereignty of God. But the believing prayer... The prayer of faith takes all of that out 
and enjoys the living on the edge, living on the limb and the, making the dangerous statements. Because I had to ask the Lord before I called Parker, can I really say this? Can I say this out loud that, he, that you will do it? That you will provide it when you say it? And he was like, you better. <laughs> you don't really have a choice. To not say it is unbelief. At Carrie and I's wedding, Dad told a really great story. In Matthew 17, when Jesus says, if you've got faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, be cast into the sea, and that mountain will be cast into the sea. What Jesus was talking about was sometime in the ancient world, an ancient engineer needed to build a harbor. And couldn't, didn't have the manpower or the cost to move all of the stones that were required, basically to move the mountain that was there to build the harbor. And so instead of enslaving men to chisel out the very living rock, within the cracks of the rock, underneath it, below it, and above it, the engineer planted mustard seeds. Because this tiny little seed grows a weed, a herb, a tree, or whatever you want to call it, that will not be stopped. And that little seed, that tiny seed, would grow up these plants that would knock off massive chunks of the mountain. And the mountain would come rolling down and the harbor was made. That's what Jesus was telling us. When you have faith as a mustard seed, when you pray and speak with the faith of a mustard seed, this tiny seed put in the right place, mountains move. But you've got to believe it. When you place that seed there, you don't believe any other outcome than that mountain will fall down. That's what Jesus is telling us when you have faith as a mustard seed. The mountain will move. So pray with those mustard seeds. And so the first thing I know about prayer is pray believing. When I sit down to pray and there's something on my heart, when there's a situation before me, if I don't know what to pray, if I don't know what to stand in confidence on, it's in here. This thing is full of promises. This thing is full of the truth of God. Open it up. Find the promise that applies. You can stand on that promise. He will make good on it. You can believe that he will deliver on his promises in exactly the right time and to his glory. And then the second part is what you pray, believe. The Lord tells us in that verse, whatever you speak out with your mouth, if you believe you will have it, you will have it. Pretty good promise, I think. One of my favorite verses in the Bible. Believing what you pray takes a little bit of understanding that, that you know that when you speak in faith, something that wasn't in heaven now is. My favorite example of this is the loaves and the fishes. What does Jesus do before he begins to pass out the bread and pass out the fish to the disciples? He blesses it in prayer. When he blessed that fish in prayer, knowing the Lord's heart and that bread, there wasn't a provision made on earth visibly. But that provision that wasn't before that prayer of faith now was. And as the people sat down in their rows and the disciples walked past them, doing this. You know, they couldn't have had more than half a loaf and a fish, each one of them. They kept doing this. And then they were handing some to people, and the people that they were handing it to were doing this. There was 12, 10, however many thousand people there. They were passing it all, and the Lord was multiplying it as they passed it. 
There was a provision in heaven released when that prayer was spoken. Paul writes to us in in 2 Corinthians and tells us, believe the things that are eternal. Believe the things that are in the heavenly realm. And don't look at what's in front of you. Don't look at the temporal because it will all pass away. The things that we see with our eyes are actually the unreal things. The things in heaven are more real than the things we see with our eyes. So when we pray believing, there is something that is created in heaven that wasn't. When we pray believing, what wasn't now is. The funny thing about belief, God is hard and is true of love, but belief is what we're going to talk about tonight. God has hardwired us in such a way that whatever we believe, everything about our life will fall into line with that. What we believe at our deepest level, everything about our life comes underneath that. So if I believe God is good, if I believe that God fulfills His promises, then everything about my life will fall into line with that. So when I pray believing, I am to believe what I pray Not because I spoke it, but because Jesus began this verse with have faith in God. The confidence that we can have of what Rhea and Amanda prayed over us, prophesied over each family and prophesied over our church, is not because Rhea and Amanda spoke it and they have a great track record of of accuracy as prophets. It's because what they spoke came from the mouth of God. So the question to us is not, am I going to believe what two women spoke on a February morning? Two years ago, am I going to believe what God spoke to me and in my family? The thing about prophecy is sometimes it's, it's pictures is what it is. We don't really know the manifestation of the picture. Carrie and I got promised that we would take, they called it Philip's Airways, that we would travel in the spirit. Like whether we would lay down at night and wake up in the morning with scratches on our back, knowing that we had physically been somewhere else. I don't know. I don't even know what that looks like. I don't even know how to make that happen. But God spoke it. So I believe it. I can't make any of that happen. But I believe it. Whatever we pray, believe. Because your whole life will come into line with that. That's why believing is what saves us. That as I believe upon Christ, everything about my life falls into line with how He wants me to be and what He wants to do in me. But as I pray, believing, my mind is to believe, not what I see with my eyes, but to believe what I spoke with my mouth, knowing that it is the will of God. To use John sitting here as an example, it was spoken that John would stand and walk, that John would be healed. We have a choice now to see John as a man in a wheelchair and treat him like a man in a wheelchair. Or see John as the healed man that he is and speak into that promise. Speak into the truth that God spoke. Our vision of him and understanding of John is a healed man. And that there is a day on this earth when what is real in heaven will conquer the unreal things that we see with our eyes. When we pray believing, whatever God puts in our heart, something gets created. Something in heaven Because God is a creative God and he has power through faith to create what wasn't. So when we pray for our community that fire would come down, that it would fill the school, that hearts would burn for Jesus, pathways that weren't open would be made open, 
We're to believe that. We may not see it yet, but to persist in believing that God is going to do it. Jesus begins this teaching with have faith in God. It means that when we pray, petition Him, or when we declare the things in faith that He's already promised, then my eyes aren't on the promise. My eyes aren't on the prophecy. They aren't on the things in front of me. They're set upon Him. It's like if I were to take out a dollar, the only reason that that piece of paper has money is that there's a place that has a whole bunch of gold in it that says that that dollar is worth one dollar. And in that analogy, in that picture, God is that gold. He is the power behind our prayer. He's the reason we can believe the things that we pray out with our own mouths. Because He is, because we have faith in Him. Because we know He's good. We know He's loved. He adopts us as His children, not just born into the kingdom, but when He sees obedience in the Spirit, He takes us into the middle of the town square, removes our childlike robes, puts on us an adult robe, and puts on us a ring that would bind Him to the speaking of our mouth in faith. He wants us to speak in faith. He wants us to pray believing. Because then He can move. He set this whole plan up to move through us. That's the truth. He wants, He conquered this world through Jesus, one of us. And He wants to use us to continue that work of conquering. And it's through prayer. It's through praying and believing, de- declaring through every spiritual realm that this is what the goodness of God will do. As He writes it upon our heart, we give it voice, we declare it. And it's like, I think God gets really pumped when we decide, I'm going to speak according to this faith. This I know is true, and I'm going to speak it, and He's going to do it. I think He gets really, really excited. I've talked about this before, but one of my favorite moments in the Bible is when Peter runs out of that boat. You know, it's taught to us like Peter had this great triumph of faith as he stepped over the edge of the boat onto the water and walked toward Jesus. But that just doesn't really jive with the rest of the picture of Peter that's laid out in front of us. I really don't think Peter ever thought about walking on water. I don't think Peter ever thought about leaving the boat. I think Peter saw Jesus, and Jesus said, Come. That was enough for Peter. Our prayer life is a lot like that. When Jesus says, Have faith in God, Don't look at the size of the thing that he's having you pray. You may be praying for the redemption and the salvation of a city. You may be praying for one soul. You may be praying for your own soul. Don't look at the size. Look at the size of him. Because he's the one that makes the prayer true. He's the one that allows us to leave the boat and stand in dangerous places. Declaring his goodness and declaring his love as we pray. And refusing to believe anything else refusing to believe that our community will not be one for the kingdom of God, that the name of Jesus won't reign over that school, refusing to believe any other alternative. Pray believing and believe what you pray. That's everything I know about prayer.